Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing feedback about season one, episode two of What If T'Challa Became Star Lord? All that and more of this time, we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. And in our producer chair, we have a brand new producer to the show. Hasn't hasn't been here with us, but she was on the show a few weeks ago, Ms. Haley Hobbs. How you doing, Haley? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here with you guys tonight. We are super excited to have you, my friend. Um, you're from over on the Source Pages podcast on the network. And thank you for uh, joining in, uh, jumping in and uh, joining us so we could uh, get this get this podcast out tonight. For sure. Haley's anytime. part of... Sparking our interest. <laughs> and Ash, by the way, Ashley says she'll be back next week. Yay! Yeah. Uh, every, every, everybody, no, no fear. Ashley will be, be returning yeah. momentarily. Not momentarily. Yes. Fortunately, you only have to deal with this for one week. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you, there wonderful. is no replacing the supreme leader. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but we are, you, we're just very excited to have you, Miss Haley. <laughs> I mean, neither of you guys were on the first cast we talked about this episode, so Jeff's Corner, then a Haley's Corner. And before we get into Jeff's Corner, I'd like to talk about the podcast awards. Thank you. Oh, yeah. For the floor. Matt, uh, hand me the microphone mm-hmm. uh, before you play me off stage. <laughs> so we have been lucky enough to have been selected for the final 10 or whatever the, the final slate is for the podcast awards in the TV and film division. Uh, if you went to nominate us for that and uh, and said, you know, I volunteer to vote when time comes, check your email, check your, you know, whatever mode of communication uh, you told them to go with, because you might be called on to vote. They have like a 10,000 user pool or something like yeah, that. They randomly like choose 8,000 user backup pool. So they're randomly choosing people to vote. So keep an eye out. The voting is still on, is still going on. I think it ends September 1st. I may be wrong. I may just be pulling a date out of my ass. Well, we we would greatly appreciate it. (laughs) Yes, it would be. It would be greatly appreciated if you guys who have the opportunity to vote could go and vote for us because, you know. What are all those other podcasts in the TV and film division about? Who cares? Right? Pish, pish posh. Pish now, posh. But for real, like we are amazed that we made it into the top uh, top ten or whatnot. So I really would appreciate it if you uh, if you guys vote for us. We're very very small podcast. Matt's amazed. I expected it. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff and me have different perspectives on this. I, I expected it because as long as I demand it of the universe, it will be given to me. All right. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff's into the secret. I get it. I get it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> reading the thread. I don't know if demanding it of the universe is how that book works, but <laughs> yeah, I like your confidence. Yeah, I like it. You too. gotta. <laughs> it's it's kind of like fake it until you make it, but it's it's really uh, demand it until they hand it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Top of my head. I'm so proud of that one. That was real good. Real, real good, Jeff. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get some more (laughs) off the top of your head. What is what you got in your Jeff's corner about this episode of What If? This episode of What If I felt was a crap ton of fun. Um, Watching, like, not just not just getting emotional over the voice of Chadwick Boseman coming through for one of, if not the last times that we'll get to hear him uh, in this character, like getting to getting to hear him have fun with the character and and take the character on a journey where the the character actually got to do, you know, not incredibly serious things like the in Black Panther and in Civil War and in Infinity War and Endgame, like, the character was always so serious and he had to be this, like, stoic leader, this regal ruler, but, like, in this, he's just a ravager. He's just, you know, he's, he's a, an outlaw, a Robin Hood type mm-hmm. or a he's Robin a, Leech type. Definitely a Robin <laughs> Leech type. I like it a lot. Yeah, he's, he's a Robin Leech type, which I found hilarious. Um, cause, you know, lifestyles of the rich and famous. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. take from the rich, give to the poor. I just, I find it, you know, there's, it's irony. That is funny. Yeah. Robin Leach is kind of the opposite of Robin Hood is what you're getting at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, so, um, 
getting to getting to see him be you know so just fun in that role was awesome but uh i, I did have like i had a couple of small gripes after my wife uh talked it through she she actively does not like what if right now okay and it's very surprising uh i'm looking into what the uh, legal ramifications are for that. Um, yeah, for for your marriage. <laughs> yeah, for the marriage. <laughs> like, what does the what does the prenup say about uh, animated yeah. series? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I'm I'm looking into it, but uh, you know, legal team's <laughs> pouring over that right now. <laughs> yeah, but no, she uh, she you know she pointed out a bunch of the a bunch of the holes and leaps and and whatnot, like you know the the whole throw them um, at me throw them at me baby okay yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. head cannon avenger right here let's do this <laughs> and i was trying to do that with her but she's relentless so <laughs> one of the, one of the major ones is uh like you know yondu in in guardians 2 mm-hmm. you know he told us about his desire to get out of the whole child trafficking business uh which i mean is already real bad, <laughs> but he sent his crew in this, uh, in this iteration, he sent his crew to go and pick up the kid and they pick up somebody else and they just don't like, they see the, the face of the kid standing in front of them. Yondu shows them the picture of Peter Quill and is like, these look alike to you. And they're like, yeah, sure. Like, mm, I, I don't buy that. Cause they look very different. But also, why would Yondu not take this kid back? Like, okay. Well, he did. You- he also never took Star Lord to e- he never took uh, Peter Quill to ego either. Like, because something about Peter Quill spoke to him and made him like not do his job, not do the right. job he was hired to do. And this Star Lord is clearly even a more uh, convincing person at getting people to turn over a new leaf. So, like. I don't know. It's it's not any different than what he did in the main universe, really. That was my take on it, is that Yondu says to the kid, you know, you don't seem that freaked out by all of this. You know, what what were you doing out there? He's exploring the world, you know, and then he's like, well, let me show you the universe. And like, that makes more like that. That tracks as far as like how they got to that point. But like, if he wanted to get out of the, the kid trafficking business, why did he keep this kid still? Like... He was like, okay, this is the last one that I'm going to take off of a planet. Right. Well, it's the same thing you did. Keep this one. I, I agree, but it's also the same thing you did with Peter Quill. You know, it's yeah. not like any different. So that's not really a problem with what if. That's that you could say that's a problem with just in general with Yondu as it's a, a problem character. with Yondu. <laughs> Which, like, I, th- I think the thing is, like, he. I don't know if he could return Peter Quill or he got out too far in the universe when he made the decision or whatever, but, like, for whatever reason, he decided to keep keep this child in both universes and that child yep. made him turn over a new leaf. Yep. And her, uh, her major gripe that, uh, she brought forward, which I kind of laugh at more than anything, uh, was that everybody was taking Thanos not seriously enough. Like, right. it would be fine if he, you know, got convinced that there's other ways to redistribute the universe's resources and, you know, changed his ways and like didn't still try to convince people of this plan of this plan's merit of like yeah but that's there's a big difference between trying to convince people of this plan and convince people's plan of this of the merit of his plan like the reason he thought it was a del an efficient plan you know what i mean like he's not he's no longer because star lord convinced him he's no longer trying to convince people to go through with the plan he's the black order is now working for the collector you know he's no longer trying to get people on his side he's just saying like it wasn't a horrible idea come on you see my point right he just wants some validation <laughs> yeah he <little> does <laughs> he's just he's struggling for that validation and like my thought is like it's the ravagers they're not great people already so like right. they're just gonna laugh it off like oh Thanos, <laughs> that guy he's <laughs> captain genocide over here i think so does this version of t'challa right well but like at the at the end of it in uh in wakanda when they're having the big feast and everything the one of the dora milaje is just like i that still sounds like genocide my yeah. friend and he's like no, no 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 it's fine and my wife is saying that that member of the Dormelage was not upset enough, basically. 
Yeah. Well, it's not like he's trying to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I get, I get where she's coming from. I think that that character is problematic in a very different way. Like, I don't think the way they wrote it, he's changed. There's two things about it that are weird though. First off, it feels like a how it should have ended character instead right. of being like a real MCU <laughs> character that like shifted. Like he kind of feels sillier than the actual Thanos. Yeah, and he was he was very played up for laughs. Right, but he also joined the Ravagers apparently. He, like he joined Star-Lord's crew after that. Like just like uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just a very different character. He's gone a very different path. But the one part of that that I can't it's really hard to forgive is the Gamora of it all. The Gamora of it all. <laughs> because we saw him probably around the same time Star-Lord was, uh, T'Challa was abducted and Star-Lord was abducted, killing Gamora's entire planet or half of the planet. So like, yep. this was his latest version. The Infinity Stones was his latest version of this plan. Thanos was still a guy who went around murdering half of planets. So like, there's still like, that. He is treated a little bit too much for laughs for that to be his history without much real change in his, I think he had real change in his heart, but like he never suffered the consequences of his actions back then. It seems like. Right. And I I think that's just a problem with the justice system of the galaxy. Really? Yeah, it is. (laughs) It is. Those with power is broken. Those with power, those with money and jewels, they get to do whatever they want. Yep. (laughs) Hire the best lawyers. Court Obi in the chat says about Yondu that he's a bit of a normal person in the sense that he can be both good and evil at the same time. He's a whole lot of gray area trying to find his way, which I think is yep. why he's so relatable as a character. Mm-hmm. I totally yeah. agree. Everyone that James Gunn creates is that way. Um, I, I absolutely love James Gunn and, and like all of his characters are, are good and bad. I mean, we, 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 you're talking about, um, Thanos and how bad he is, but like, and, and the thing about not being able to recognize Star Lord, Groot's the same way. Groot can't tell a male versus a female uh, being apart, and like he just he can't tell anything. He can't tell people apart. And then there's a, uh, uh, <laughs> Rocket is like pretty much willing to kill people most of the time, and they're just like, no, Rocket, not right now. Like. He's always, like, recommending the more violent plan, you know? Uh, Rocket chooses violence. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rocket wakes up every day and chooses violence. (laughs) That's what makes him Rocket. Um, And so, like, to me, this whole story, and what was so much fun about it, is that it just fit into that very James Gunn, very gray world. None of these are heroes. Even T'Challa, while he is a hero in this, he is still, like, not so... He's not lawful. He's like, whatever, whatever. Give me one of the D and D descriptions. He's not lawful good. He's sort of chaotic good or whatever. He's chaotic good. Yeah. Yeah. He do, he breaks the law. He rather not breaks the law. He pays no attention to law or order in the interest of the greater good. Right. So he's willing to forgive someone like Thanos his past if Thanos is now working for the good. Uh, keeping an eye on Thanos as he's in his crew, which I love it. I, the Thanos of it all is my favorite part, but it's also, I understand why people have problems with it. Yeah. The, uh, the only like gripe that I actually have is that these episodes are too damn short. Mm. <laughs> they're so short. And it's like, there's so many things that you just have to either have watched, you know, the MCU, the entirety of the MCU and know it backwards and forwards. And, you know, we, that's us. But like there, there's so many things that you just have to know and understand and accept. Or there's things that they just don't cover. They just, they gloss over it. And I'm like, I want, I want that whole story. I want to see the interaction between the, between uh, T'Challa and Thanos. I want to see that meeting and see the conversation. Right. I, I I see that. I see that. But also, given what the budget and the time they're given, there's like 30 minute animated things. I've always said one of the powers of the MCU and any interconnected universe is when you see that character the next time they can say one small thing and it means so much because they have so much history. Like, you know who that character is when cap steps on the screen, you know, he's a little skinny kid from New York who says I can do this all day. And he like has a whole, 
uh, ethos about him, you know? That's what's so powerful, I think, in this what if is that they can, like, bring a character on screen like the collector or any of these characters that we've, we've known yep. for all these movies and we get, we get it almost immediately and they can just speed through so much and tell such a broad story in 30 minutes. And I, I think it's a really cool thing. Yeah. What if is not for people who are not us? What if was crafted specifically for us, for me, that could be true. Except I, I showed this to my niece, who's a 10 year old girl who'd never seen anything MCU and she absolutely fell in love with like Captain Carter and uh and Steve. Who yep. she doesn't, and she doesn't even know that he's yeah, she doesn't even know that he's Captain America. She's he's just <laughs> She Steve doesn't even her. know the history there. Yeah. And she just loved it. She loved the episode. It felt like super fun cartoon to her. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like it's for us and then kids. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's yeah. fair. Like making a good Marvel show for kids that that tells a self contained story. Like what's wrong with that? Like that's awesome. I love it. No, yeah, I, I, I'm having a lot of fun with the series, though. Me too. Did you have any other thoughts, Haley, for a Haley's Corner? Oh, no. I, I've been really enjoying it, too. Yeah? I got to say a lot of what I thought on the Animation Deliberation podcast with oh, nice. J. Scotty St. Clair and Zuhair Ali. They invited me on to talk about it, but um, I I really liked this episode even more than the Captain Carter one. I love seeing Star-Lord totally turn on his head and all of the good things that came of it and um, bittersweet with Chadwick. But I, I've always yeah. loved his portrayal as T'Challa, as Black Panther. And you're right, he had so much fun in this and it just jumps off the screen. It was awesome. Yeah, 100% agree. While he's leaping around, he's leaping off the screen. <laughs> but um, tis. But um, tis. That's a good one. No, it was sad. <laughs> Let's get to what the everyone else is saying about this episode. We have a bunch of feedback, and uh, Haley is going to go into her feedback cave, uh, and she is going to collect feedback from the live watch. Jeff, hit us with that feedback from this week. Cody Lanechester, one of our patrons, says, Wow! Way better than episode one, in my opinion. I liked episode one, but I just really loved this one. I would just like to emphasize that the MCU has now introduced three ways of stopping Thanos, the Mad Titan. Mm -hmm. Chop off his head is number one, obvi. Uh, number two, snap him away after obtaining all six Infinity Stones. It's a little more difficult. Mm -hmm. And number three, simply introduce him to Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not a tribute to Chadwick Boseman's legacy in the MCU, I don't know what is. This was perfect. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's not even just that. It's like every character is so powerfully affected by their encounter with T'Challa. And I, I do love that as a tribute to Chadwick. It's really, yeah. really fun. Yeah, I got uh, I got a little bit of uh, personal feedback, I guess, is the, the term. I, personal feedback? No, I got, I got feedback from uh, my ex-colleague. You may remember John Niles from the one movie arc that uh, 4M has done. Yeah, the for him podcast. Yep. Uh, he said that this particular episode is, uh, this is why he thinks that T'Challa was planned to be the replacement for Steve Rogers. He's the new moral center, the moral leader. Mm. It definitely shows that he could have been. Yeah. Yeah. And strange is supposed to be the new thought of everything asshole to replace Stark, but his comedy fell flat. Hmm. That's, that's John's opinion. That's not mine. I, I, no, I, I think those are two thoughtful things. I, I don't think that, uh, Strange's comedy falls flat, but I do not think it hits the way that Robert Downey Jr.'s does. Doesn't slap the way Tony's does? No. It's less fun. It's like more yeah. snark. It's still snarky. And it's, but it's more like. It's, it's pompous. Yeah, it's pompous and it's just not. He's no Tony Stark. He's no Tony Stark. There's a certain hedonism to Tony Stark that like he just doesn't have. And so he's like not seeking a fun and it's, it's the whole, you're not the one to lay down on the wire. Like I feel yeah. like, uh, he is abs, Dr. Strange is absolutely the one to lay down on the wire. Like that's, that's he, not his arc. He you know? has. Yeah, he has. We've seen that sacrifice now, in his first movie. He did have that sort of arc in the first movie, but by the end of the first movie, by the end of his origin story, he was already the guy who's willing to like sacrifice everything over and over and over. Oh. That's just not Tony Stark. Tony Stark's the guy who's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, if I have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like to, um, I, I forgot to point out to, to John that like his, his theory on 
T'Challa being the replacement for Steve actually has a, a bit more like a physical representation. Cause if, if you remember when they were running toward the battle in infinity war, it like the two breakaways were Steve and T'Challa and they were neck and neck, just chugging it as hard as they could. Mm-hmm. And like they, you know, they both leapt across the river and like everything about them was like perfectly equal. And it just makes me sad. We lost Steve to like old age and, and, uh, selfishness because <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to go have a life and then we lost actually Chadwick to, to colon cancer like ah yeah. sucks it sucks it all sucks Matt yeah it's all it your does. fault it does and I, I do think that he had the opportunity to be that moral center I think I think there's still moral centers uh, abound in the universe and could could still arise but uh including his sister um, I, re- I really like the idea of Shuri stepping up, <laughs> if not as the Black Panther, as some form of uh, champion. I think she she could be our snark. Oh, sure. Yeah. She could be our Tony snark. She could be both, which is like, could be great. I, I think she's one of the most versatile and cool characters that they, they have right now. I, I love yep. her. All right. So next feedback piece, Charles Horton, another of our patrons, says, hey, everybody, I just finished episode two of What If?, it absolutely broke me. The combination of hearing Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa and the absolute stunner of an episode with an amazing story and the tribute at the end, I was frozen, literally frozen with emotion. This episode was better than the first and had so many twists and turns and Quill working at a Dairy Queen. It all adds up. LOL. So do we think that all these what ifs are in the same universe or are they all different? Seeing Cap's shield and Thor's hammer, it makes me wonder, is the Collector able to travel to different universes? How would he be able to wield Mjolnir in, unless in this universe that never got enchanted by Odin? Thanos being a Ravager. So much amazing stuff. If this is the progression of What If, it might dethrone Loki as my favorite Disney Plus series. Keep being awesome, y'all, and love y'all 3000. Charles. Ooh, I love hearing that. Like, I've had a lot of people write and say, the things they're disappointed about in the series so far, or, or that the series just might not be for them. But I love to hear, uh, Charles say that, uh, this might dethrone Loki as his favorite. That's cool. I like yeah. it. I like that it, it follows Loki, you know, right in, right in those footsteps of like, you know, mult or multiverse happens. And then right, you know, right behind that, we've got this, this guy, Uatu. And if you don't know a thing about him, go listen to Spark. <laughs> yeah source pages i wasn't squinting i was smiling i have squinty smiley eyes <laughs> oh, okay, okay. i misinterpreted i'm sorry like right after that we've got this uatu guy that is like well let me take you on a journey through this multiverse and let's see what it can what it can achieve what we what journeys we can go on what possibilities exist and it is amazing that we've got such a vast amount of things that can be done with this you know within this template of like one decision is made differently and that changes so many things that like cascading cascading changes the butterfly Mm -hmm. effect whatever you want to call it like it all the waterfall effect and we have a completely different universe outcome it's so great the thing that i love about this episode in particular and and lining up with what Charles saying, like how, how this episode really like sets it a, apart um, is that it, the first, the honestly, the captain Carter of it all cool. It was cool, but it's like a very small and easy to think of change. Does that make sense? Like she's in the yeah. room, throw her in the thing instead and see what happens. Then you just write that story. Um, I do think they went interesting and, and bizarre places with it, with going with like the, the Hydra champion coming through the portal and all. I think that was really fun and interesting. But the, the basic premise was just like swap the character that's in the room, make them get in first. That mm-hmm. makes sense. But this is such a weird episode. T'Challa <laughs> becomes a Star Lord. Like what the hell? Who had that idea? Who said like, well, what could we do? And like, that's a bizarre <laughs> and out there concept that like, I, I think is just, re- it shows really what this, this uh, show can do, you know, and the kinds of craziness that it can get up to. I feel like that was probably the product of 
like some crossover cosplay that we haven't seen. (laughs) Somebody at Marvel saw a crossover cosplay where they were like, well, what if, you know, let's, let me do a a mock-up of like a Wakandan Peter Quill or like, what if Peter Quill was a Wakandan and like have all of that. And then somebody was like, no, no, this, this is good. This is good. What yeah. do we, how do we make this happen? Mm-hmm. And they, they had candidate great too, with the two guys yep. going and being like, it was all the non earth elements were right under him. <laughs> like we went out and picked up a kid. What? <laughs> I love, I love Craglin's, Craglin's response. Like, no, no, no. Two C holes, two here holes, and one eat hole. <laughs> <laughs> This is exactly yeah. right. They're just dumb. And and like <laughs> that is ridiculous and and Julie is right that that is utterly ridiculous, but like but it's, it's also hilarious. It's also the the world that James Gunn created. Like yeah. <laughs> freaking the the Ravagers are dummies and they do dumb uh, things and I love it. It reminds me of something that we repeated at the uh, the new workplace. Um you know, they they all cite uh Guardians of the Galaxy is like their favorite in the MCU. And I'm like, good, good choice. Good choice. That is a, a fine vintage there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the thing that we keep repeating is Captain's got to teach stuff. Cause <laughs> Yondu was so like slightly ahead of their understanding right. of that, you know, that phrase of like, Captain got to teach crew what happens to them, what cross him. Yeah, he's not a genius, but and he's just a little above their intelligence just level. a little bit. He's like, Cracklin's like, let me translate this. Captain's got to teach stuff. And everybody's like, ah! <laughs> it, it tracks, it tracks, it, does, it perfectly it tracks. That's why they're okay with bringing in Thanos, too. They just, they don't see how bad it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're just, a, they're on a completely different moral and intellectual plane than we are, um, <laughs> with the exception of T'Challa and Yandu. Uh, and I just, I love, I love all of that. Um, Charles also asks here about Thor's hammer. Why can the collector lift Thor's hammer? Why is he worthy or does it matter? Cause he's just so powerful as one of these like elder beings of the universe that he is. Mm. There's uh, yes, all of those things could right. be possible. Um, the The thought is like it's either before the enchantment, but supposedly the enchantment has always been there, or like not always been there, but like has been there for a long time, like thousands of years. Well, I, I thought he, I thought that uh, Odin does it in the first. Odin Thor. does it in as far as the MCU goes, right? In right. the first Thor, sure. So, like, there's this, this like, deep-seated understanding of how Mjolnir works as being, like, you have to be worthy. And that, you know, it's been like that for thousands of years or whatever. But, like, that's where my brain is. Right. There's There's been instances in the comics of, like, you know, somebody lifts up the section of Earth that Mjolnir is on. And, you know, they're able to lift it up. But they're not lifting Mjolnir, per se. They're lifting a chunk of ground. And... Uh, Steve and Tony had the conversation in Age of Ultron. Like, you put the hammer in the elevator, elevator still goes up, elevator's not worthy. So, like, sure. it, he could have, like, scooped up the hammer with one of his gadgets and, you know, put it into whatever, like, and carted it off that way. Like, he never wields it. I mean, he doesn't wield uh, the shield either, but, like, as far as we've seen, he doesn't wield it. So, like, we don't know that he's worthy. He could just have gotten lucky enough to have it sitting there. It's kind of like in Ragnarok when Hela catches it. Yeah. That was my first ever feedback to you guys. I was like, <laughs> how can she hold on to it when she's clearly not worthy, but maybe this, well, you know, maybe the enchantment's worn off by then or something. I don't know. Well, when she catches it, Odin was dead, so his enchantment no longer persists. That's a much better answer than you gave when I wrote you guys in years ago. <laughs> I've slept. I've slept since then. <laughs> Thank you. I would also go with, uh, I could see the collector making a deal with Thor, like some sort of trade. Like I'll, you know, maybe, maybe he said, I'll, I'll, st- I'll stop Hela from destroying whatever. If you give me the, the hammer, like he's the collector, right? Like, and yeah. I could see Thor living up to that deal and being like, all right, Here's my hammer. I will put it on your wall. You'll never be able to wield it, but here it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's also potential that the collector t- 
took that, you know, years before. Like he, sure. uh, if you remember on all the murals and everything in Ragnarok, we saw Hela with the hammer. Hela had Mjolnir. Yep. So, you know, could have taken it from her. It also depends on what worthy means. Like, right. like uh, we all kind of think of worthy as God, such a good guy. Well, yeah, a good guy. But Hela, like you said, Hela did it for a long time. But that in the MCU, that's before the enchantment. But also before the enchantment. Yep. Well, also worthy might just mean something totally different. And in, in comics recently, there was a run. I was reading an article about um in comics recently there was a run where like the they basically said that the worthiness to wield Mjolnir is dependent on who need who needs to wield Mjolnir in that moment for the universe to like unfold as it's supposed to like someone can be worthy at one point and like the necessity of someone y- wielding it can matter to them being able to wield it. Like if you yep. need it in that moment to stop Thanos or you need it in that moment to do something, it can be why you're able to lift it in that moment. Cause you're worthy of the action you're about to take, I guess is yep. the idea. Yep. Uh, there was a crossover comic JLA Avengers, um, decades ago at this point i think it was like late 90s it was either late 90s or early 2000s in that in that time frame but uh, it was a it was one of those like you know happens once in a blue moon crossovers between marvel and dc yeah and there was a situation where the ship that cap was on blew up and uh thor got just like pommeled by everything and the ship that, like, the explosion from Cap's ship sent the shield over, boom, and it lands in front of Superman. And when Thor goes down, he drops the hammer right in front of Superman. So Superman picks up the shield, picks up Mjolnir, and it's just like, oh my god, the power! I never knew! I never thought it was this much! And then, like, goes to obliterate whatever the hell, you know, the, the threat was. But then after the fight, he's like... The, like the Mjolnir's laying on the ground. He's like, "Oh, Thor, let me get this for you." Oh, jeez, why is it so heavy? I can't. You're gonna have to get that. Like it's he was worthy in the moment at the time that he that's you know Mjolnir needed to be active. Yeah, that's really it's interesting, and it, it alludes to the idea that like Mjolnir has some sort of sentience that is able to see the universe and what is needed. Well, like mm-hmm. it's some sort of benevolent force. We're assuming. And yeah, with the Hela thing, I just think that Hela is somehow powerful enough to destroy it. Like, powerful enough to overcome Odin's... Uh, and she never really holds it. She stops it and destroys it with her own form yeah, of magic. She stops it and crushes it. Yeah, which is, you know, very powerful action. But I wouldn't say she's wielding it in that moment. Or even necessarily controlling it or lifting it. She just... Force fields it Neo style and crushes she just it. Palms it. Yeah. She palms it like a champion. Freaking basketball. <laughs> Sorry, sports. Yep. I guess we gotta move on to the next thing. Oh shit. You're right. You're right. There was something else I wanted to say about it though. Well, we'll have, we have to move on. Dylan Hunsinger. <laughs> Dylan Hunsinger, one of our patrons, says, Hey guys, long time since I read him, but I wanted to touch on a couple of things. <laughs> Gross. First, sorry. First EP of the show, Brad Winderbaum said Chadwick Boseman plays different versions of his character, plural, through four episodes of What If. I wonder if he'll be in the Killmonger slash Tony episode. Mm. Second, I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer leak of Spider Man or if it's dropped by now. But do you think it's possible that the moment. Uh, Let's not read it. Yep. Uh, Sorry, Dylan. Yep. Sorry, Dylan, we are not going to read the rest of that feedback because we are avoiding the leak. Uh, so we don't know what you're talking about. But Only we will, official things. I will say it. I will save it for next week. And, uh, the, oh, the, the trailer may drop today, but let's talk about, uh, the Chadwick Boseman in four episodes. That sounds amazing. Um, but I'll save, yeah. I'll save your feedback for the next episode that we record because that hasn't dropped for us and we haven't watched it yet. So, T'Challa, four episodes. What do you think? I'm stupid excited. I definitely think the Killmonger episode. Yeah, I mean, that makes that makes the most sense. I want to see T'Challa in the post-apocalyptic... Lo- um, zombie episode? The zombie episode. That'd be right. Because T'Challa, if I recall correctly, T'Challa was a zombie in Marvel Zombies. Yeah. 
Uh, dude, that would be super rad. I also want to see him in the Loki episode. Like where Loki wins. Oh yeah. Because mm. like Loki Ooh. wins and then maybe uh Wakanda steps out of the shadows to try to protect the world and it would be fun to see like that last stand of T'Challa and the Wakandans trying to take down Loki. I need it. I need it. Ooh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Wakanda versus the Chitauri would be awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, yeah, awesome. Yeah, it would. Jessica Kamai. What? Send us an email. She didn't call us. She didn't send us a Facebook message. She sent us an email. <laughs> <laughs> she said, skipping the pleasantries, you know how I feel about you. <laughs> I am already loving this show so much. This was such a great episode. So many fun variations of the story. And I could go on and on about all that, but I'll try to stick to my questions. At what point in his quest... Do you think T'Challa convinced Thanos there's more than one way to reallocate the universe's resources? That didn't initially make me think that Thanos stopped looking for the stones, just that he was going to use the power differently. But he didn't have the gauntlet, so do you think he abandoned that quest altogether? Or he just went with a more discreet way of wearing them like a keychain or something? (laughs) Love you 300, Jess. I I feel 100%. I, I love the question. And I love the keychain idea. I 100% believe he stopped looking, though. Because his mission was yeah. never the stones. His mission was always to destroy half the universe, because that's his whole thing. He's believed it since he was on his home planet. Like, that's his whole mission, was to stop half the universe. The uh, He was doing that even before he was looking for the stones. Yeah, the stones were just a tool. Yeah, they're just a means to an end. And even after, we, we know, because even after he does it, he destroys the stones. I use the stones to destroy the stones. Yeah, he has no other purpose for the stones except to do the thing he's always wanted to do. And now that he's been convinced that's not the best way to go about it, I don't think he has any reason to click the stones. Yeah. Yeah. That's accurate. Probably T'Challa, you know, convinced him or did like had such a good argument that Thanos was like, okay, but like give me an example or like, show me what you have in mind. And so he, you know, started his quest of, of Robin hood craziness. And mm. Thanos was like, you know, it's, <laughs> this is a crazy enough plan. It just might work. Well, and they say in this, in this episode, they go to get the power stone and they say, they're going to go use it to power the bat dying star or something. I forget exactly what they say. Like, they're going to help some world with the Power Stone. So it's very possible that Thanos, his idea of the Infinity Stones, and then he says, a treasure is never worth as much as the good that it can do. Yes. Um, Oh, my God. That is such a good line. Oh, man. Gives me chills. I want a tattoo. (laughs) Just want a tattoo. Any tattoo, really. (laughs) Just any tattoo, yeah. Um, (laughs) That line makes me need a tattoo. (laughs) I just, I, I think it's very possible that they went and thought about the stones and their power and what they can do. Now that they have Thanos on their team, they were like, okay, this is happening over here. This planet needs help. What can we do? And Thanos is like, well, I know what, where we can get a power source that can do that. And they like go and get the power stone because they have that, uh, that knowledge with Thanos on their team. It's very possible that's exactly why they're there in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. That tracks. Uh, and as far as like, whether or not Thanos wants to continue looking for the stones or just did it in a different way without the gauntlet, uh, you know, earrings, uh, necklace, um, a tiara. Uh, he's <laughs> probably got bejeweled underwear with the infinity stones. Yeah. You know. It's reminding me of my, uh, my album cover for the song, uh, Oh Thanos that I, that I put out has, uh, oh, yeah. has baby Thanos in a crib. Or it's like a crib that is baby Thanos themed because it's Thanos in the crib, but it's uh it's got a mobile with all the infinity stones on it. <laughs> yep. I like that a lot. Exactly like that. David David Robertson of the DC on Screen podcast. Ed did that did the art for us. It's a good artist there. Yep, check That's it out. a good artist dude right there. Welcome to the world by the garage on Spotify. And you can see the artwork. <laughs> nice plug. The little Thanos uh there's like a Thanos teddy bear too. <laughs> I was like, when he sent it to me, I was like, mm, that might be too silly. It doesn't make sense. Why would Thanos have a Thanos teddy bear? And then I was like, no, no, no. His armor is based on the teddy bear. Like his mind solidified that as Thanos teddy bear. And then later in life, he built his armor on like this powerful memory. 
Yeah. <laughs> I had to make it work in my head for like, yeah. for, for, head for, for to go, yeah, I had, had to head cannon my own artwork. It's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. So stupid. I'm so glad you did that. <laughs> All right. Lauren Watterson is an email. Hello, Ashley, Jeff, and Matt. I went alphabetically. Don't hate me. <laughs> it's fine. I, I, I think you go, should go by the last names is all I'm saying. <laughs> and it just makes more sense that way. It's like, it's the Dewey decimal system, man. All right. Let's We're just, not, <laughs> this isn't, this isn't nonfiction, Matt. Come on. <laughs> oh God. She says, I love this week's what if. I thought it was super fun, visually stunning, and surprisingly emotional. One thing it made me really realize is how much I don't want to see T'Challa recast in the MCU. I totally understand people who want to see T'Challa's story continue beyond Chadwick's performance, but his work in this week's episode just affirmed for me, I can't separate the two. To me, Chadwick Boseman is the MCU's T'Challa, and asking anyone else to step into that role feels unfair to whatever actor they would choose, as well as just inauthentic to the character. Anyway, I would love to know your thoughts on this and if this week's episode changed your opinion in any way. P.S. As an off-topic question, my friend and I were discussing in regards to the introduction of so many fabulous new characters in the Disney Plus series, which characters in the MCU we would like to see meet that haven't met yet. We agreed that due to their shared traumatic childhoods, self-destructive revenge quests, mind control capabilities, and need to give Stephen Strange a chronic migraine, Sylvie and Wanda would be fast friends. Are there any team-ups y'all want to see? Ooh, I really like the Sylvie and Wanda idea. Like, That's great. If Multiverse of Madness, like he's trying to stop the multiverse, and they both have strong reasons to keep it going, like, you know... No. Not even that. It's not even that. It's it's called Multiverse of Madness only because they both are driving him mad just by chatting, just by talking around him. And he's like, oh my god, they won't shut up. Aww. Because he's such a an ass. He needs, like, perfect silence to do, mm-hmm. you know, studies and magic and whatnot. And they're both just like, oh, I know magic. Let me tell you about the magic that I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, like, they're just really good friends just chatting it up. And he's like, God, shut up. He's shut like, up. this takes me shut a lot of concentration and work. I realize you're both naturals. But I am over here putting in the work of a human being, just a regular human being, trying to get on your level. Freaking Omega-powered assholes. Yep. 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 That's that's Doctor Strange now. He's yeah. just, he's just a guy trying to make it in this world of crazy magicians. Yeah. It's like <laughs> uh, Oh good. I like it. Um okay, so as for T'Challa being recast, I think nope. we both are on the record like we don't really it just doesn't feel right. And like I am normally the guy who's all about recast whoever like it doesn't matter. But, <laughs> Kill like, your darlings, but not this one. It just feels so tragic the way we lost lost yep. him uh, just so young and the way he like really embodied the character by trying his best to like live up to um, kind of keeping the purity of that character. Like he didn't t- not the, not telling anybody, keeping it silent so long. I, I just keep going back and forth where like he didn't he didn't want to become the story. He wanted T'Challa and Wakanda and the like ideals expressed therein to be the important part of the story. And just no one even knew he had it until the end. And it's just so sad and so valiant of him. Um, It's just really hard to think of anyone else at this point. I think one day it's possible. And one day that's possible. They'll bring in a variant to Chala or something, but like, I don't think it's, it's not going to be for a long time. Maybe not until they reboot the MCU completely. I don't know that it's it's as simple as it has been for recasting cuz like yeah. you remember uh Iron Man 1 to 2 Rhodey changed because right. of contract you know contract negotiations that fell out uh, uh the incredible hulk to the Avengers Bruce Banner changed because contract negotiations that fell out like it's always been a a business thing so far but then this time like we got one of the best characterizations in the entire, you know, in the entirety of the MCU. And it wasn't because he wanted more money. It wasn't because, 
you know, there was a, a contract or, or some disagreement. It was just that we lost him. And yeah, I just, I think it's, it's yeah. rude to his legacy. Well, and I try to keep myself clear minded about it, but it's just really hard. Like, I think that the right answer is you should be able to recast anything, anything, anyone for any reason. I do. I do believe that, but it's just hard for this with this one for some reason. I think about Heath Ledger uh, and him, his passing. And like, I was always the guy who was just saying like, no, just replace him. Like I, I, I'm, I think it's very sad, but like, I would, I just say replace him. I think he did a great job, but particularly the Joker is a character that like has this changeability and like, just, it's okay. I think like it's, it would be okay to, and I think it's, he's so important to that story, but like for some reason, I guess part of the reason is T'Challa has so many other characters who can step up. Um, as well that I think it's less dire that he be replaced. Um, who can you replace the Joker with? I don't know. I'm just trying to resolve in myself, like why I think it's fine for them to recast Heath Ledger, but they didn't do. And I think it was a huge mistake for the franchise. Um, but like, and I just don't feel good about this one. And I don't know if it's just the way that they died and sort of like one is, is like a, a drug interaction problem. And like one is a, it's just like years of struggle. Like, I think that's where it resides for me. I think that's like, I don't know. There's just something about his like years of sacrifice that I just don't want to see like sullied. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But then again, I mean, Shala was such an iconic character for so many young people. You know, there like, there were so many funds taken up to send inner city school kids, you know, just groups yeah. of black kids who wouldn't be, have been able to go to the movies and see this, like to send them to a, a movie to see a character that looks like them treated as a hero. Yeah. That representation was incredibly important to a lot of people. Right. And like, just to do away with that character, it, it's almost yeah. a disservice to them. Yeah. You know, it sucks. Like Agreed. there's no good way out of it. No, except to just except what they did, which I think is what the real I've said it before, but the real generosity of spirit in uh, Chadwick Boseman is the way that he played T'Challa and how generous he was with the other cast members. And he knew, I think, from before he started filming that he was going to have to face this uh, problem with cancer and like. He, he still went through with it and he, he gave it this very generous way of acting. Like he was the star of that movie, but there are so many other characters in the world of Wakanda that are like very viable to carry the torch. And I think yeah. that is a very deliberate thing for him to have done. And like, I, I really respect that he let them, uh, you know, it's not all his choice, but like, you know, being the lead in the thing, you could say, well, no, I want more lines or this or that or like whatever. But like, yeah. he, he like was a really giving yeah. performer. I think that's why it's so hard to think about recasting him is because he was so selfless in this whole thing. He, yeah. he could have made it all about him and he could have gotten all kinds of attention and sympathy. Yeah. And he didn't. And you wouldn't find that many movie stars these days who would behave that's that true. way. And so it says so much about. I mean, he, he did embody T'Challa. He, he was T'Challa. And it wasn't just Chadwick Boseman playing T'Challa. He really became him. Or maybe he already was him, and here was a character that was a perfect fit. And so that's I think that's the core of why it's so challenging to even think about recasting him. Because when you look at what he did, and Core OB in the chat said, you know, knowing what he suffered through while doing such an incredible job like and i said this on the animation deliberation podcast but the lines that they give him throughout the infinity saga about death and dying and life mm. after death that are so poignant and make me really sad when i'm watching them to like i wouldn't have the strength to deliver those lines but he did mm. and i think just his i mean he deserves to be on a pedestal for a reason and that's why it's so challenging to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. I think that's true. Oh God, you're making me tear up, Haley. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like after he died and I think I watched civil war and he has that yeah. conversation with Natasha on the bench 
about his father dying and about life after death. And I'm like, oh my, like he already you knew. Reach out with both hands and yeah, <sighs> it's yeah. pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. It really is. Well, to get us back away from the sad topics, who are characters that should meet in the MCU? I would love to see Umbaku trolling Peter Parker. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You know, the same way that he did uh, Everett Ross, where he's just, he's like, I'm kidding. We are vegetarians. (laughs) Yeah. And he's just like, I, Oh. Ajas Kamai on the chat says Shuri and Peter Parker would be nerd besties. Yes, they would. <laughs> they could create oh. some really cool stuff. <laughs> that would be oh, rad. Man. That would be rad. Wait, some of the news we're going to be talking about tomorrow uh, on, on the next episode, if we, unless the Spider-Man trailer drops. I'm refreshing Twitter frequently. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, the uh, Is that uh, Riri Williams, uh, Ironheart, has been announced that they're going to be in... Um, Wakanda forever. Yeah. So that's big news. So a, a brain like that, the, you know, in the realm of Tony Stark with Wakandan technology at their, at their fingertips. Oh, I'm ready. I don't know enough about Riri. Uh, is Riri Williams in the comics? Is she building her own suits? She, so she's the, she's the engineer as well. She reverse engineers one of Tony's old suits and figures out how to do exactly what he was doing. Uh, in order to make her own suit. And then huh. if our, if memory serves, she actually had Tony Stark, uh, as an AI in her suit. Like, Tony Stark was her Right, nervous. right, right, right. That's real cool. And I would, I don't know if I want that in the MCU, but like, I could totally see it. Okay, let's see. For me, I'm gonna say, I want Ned Leeds to meet and have a huge, uh, puppy dog crush on Darcy Lewis. <laughs> okay. That goes kind of with Vermillion One's chat feedback that says, I want Louise to be in the same series that should happen where Darcy and Jimmy Woo solve super adjacent mysteries. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. That sounds awesome. I want Louise and Uatu. <laughs> somebody who always speaks and somebody who never speaks. Well, also, like, I want, I want him, like, telling Uatu all the stories and Uatu just be like, I know. I, I, I know. I've seen it. I, I know, Luis. <laughs> R. Breeze 1102 also says in the chat, I'd love to see Captain America and Moon Knight meet. The talks Sam could have with him would be awesome. I can't wait to know more oh, about man. Moon Knight. I've, I've read a couple of books, but not, I just don't know much about him. And like, yeah, I want. I'm just so excited because I think that Oscar Isaac is freaking awesome. And it looks like they're really going there with the the show. Yeah. Oscar Isaac is freaking awesome. And that character being like being a veteran and being, you know, having dissociative identity disorder, like all of these things would be like right up Sam's alley as far as like, you know, trying to, trying to work with him and, and get him to, to work out any issues that he has. And mm. Like, oh, God, and seeing them team up and then, like, still Moon Knight does the bad things because he's the, you know, avatar of Khonshu and it's just like, ah, the bad guy's got to die. He's, like, pretty much, like, Punisher in that aspect. Hell, there was a uh, there was an arc recently called Age of Khonshu where uh, Moon Knight took out everybody else, like, and took their powers from them had all the powers like he had the the spirit of vengeance he had the phoenix force in him like it was nuts he like i think he had the nova core helmet if i'm not mistaken like he had all the huge powers and was just like all right now i'm gonna go kill from i'm gonna go kill mephisto now i'm like do what now <laughs> you're gonna do what hold up <laughs> that's awesome it was intense it was so intense can't wait can't wait i, I yeah i just think there's there's a lot of potential there, and I love that they're making all these Disney Plus shows, but they're so tying. Like the fact that Riri Williams is coming in in Wakanda Forever makes me think like they're going to tie these. Just the series are going to be more and more tied to this to movies, and like introducing characters in the movies that are immediately coming under the series, and vice versa with uh, like Monica Rambeau and like yeah, just uh, just super exciting. Well, I say we take a quick break. Uh, and we get to some live feedback. So we'll be right back after this ad we have no control over. 
And we're back. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> thank you, Haley. Thank you. Um, welcome hey, back, Haley. Back. Welcome back from your your uh, cave. Yeah, it was uh, real dark in there. Yeah, it, it's, it gets that way. It we got to work on the lighting in there. Yeah, <laughs> it do be dark. It do be dark. Uh, so what what do we have in the way of feedback uh, from the yeah, live chat? Have, yeah, we have a few. Sweet. Vermilion one said. What if they do a what if episode that has Louise narrating all the different characters? Holy crap, perfect for animation. I know basically what Matt said, but they could totally do it. Yes. Oh my god, that would be so good. I love it. I, I, I think a lot of people I, would like that. <laughs> I don't see why they d- don't embrace Louise as like the beginning of every Legends episode. <laughs> they should just have Michael Pinette at the beginning of every uh, Legends episode breaking down the character from his perspective and then go into the actual Legends episode. Oh, Just- I need, I need that to be his show. Yeah. Like, it's, it's no longer whatever they do where they like take old footage and just kind of like spam it together, or whatever. No, it's, it's, him standing like in front of a white background and he's just like, yo, 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 let me tell you about this legend. And then <laughs> yeah. He's lays just like, it out. he's a big fan of all the heroes of the universe and he like yeah. just has a lot of knowledge. And so he's just yeah. like, literally it's, it's actually, they should just make that. It's like Luis has a podcast where oh. he goes on and tells everybody about, about the most recent, whatever hero is coming up in universe. <laughs> I imagine Luis's bedroom and or house look exactly like BVKs <laughs> just stuff. And it's all like Avengers related. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Ah. <sighs> That's exactly that's 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 canon now in my head. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it is. What 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 else you got, Haley? Jessica Mai said what this episode said. T'Challa is a great man and makes the universe better. Peter Quill is a douche. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's literally all Peter Quill's fault. <laughs> yep, just everything is Peter always. Quill's fault. It's no longer Jeff's fault. <laughs> Thank God, get it off of me. Um, although I will say, you know, the, the final thing that we saw of Ego showing up at the DQ, which I called, by the way, Peter working at the DQ. Yeah, you did. Nailed yeah. it. Um, but Ego showing up there might spell end of the world for everybody. Right. Cause there's no yeah. guardians to like, uh, convince Quill otherwise or whatever. Like Quill's yeah. like, I need to see where that story goes. Right. Yeah, we don't have an I am Groot, I am Groot, I am Groot, with, <laughs> mm-hmm. with the button. None of that. <laughs> I None love that. that moment, though. <laughs> Me too. So yeah, that's gone. It doesn't exist in this Start verse. Start it. <laughs> Chad, yeah, come back, Groot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, our breeze has a couple. The first Sweet. one has to do with the What If episode, and it says... Peter's mom called him Star-Lord, so I sort of wished they had a different name, but also understand why they had to keep it. I don't know. I don't know what other name they would have called him, though. That's a good point. I actually hadn't really thought. I was like, I had forgotten that that, uh, uh, Meredith Quill gave him that name. Mm. And then his more recent chat feedback was, do you think, this is really switching gears, do you think Spider-Man and Doctor Strange what if episode will in any way tie into No Way Home or Multiverse of Madness? Yes, it has to. No, it doesn't. It will. Probably not. All of these things are possible because multiverse. Yeah. I will be above. <laughs> really, really hope uh, that we get some sort of tie-in. If not in the Spider-Man movies in the Multiverse of Madness, like... It just Captain Carter show up or something. Like, I just hope some of these what if episodes get us, get us to the, the movies somehow. I need Haley Atwell to start lifting now and get jacked to show up on screen <laughs> because it's going to be great for the character, not for personal reasons. Yeah. <laughs> they're all about that character development. Yeah. Character, that's what they're calling it. The the character of Deltoids. She just has beautiful, supple character. <laughs> Vermilion One says potential for the future of the multiverse. 
Each movie becomes a Nexus event, showing where the characters slash timelines are separating from each other since Loki letting loose the variant timelines. But we don't actually realize what is happening right away. Then the Secret Wars event that is probably happening smashes them all together. Oh, okay. So each each film gets to be a little more open as far as what they can do with the world. Sure, yeah, they, they're not restricted at all. They can just do whatever they want. And then smash them all together. I'm not sure I like that, though. Well, it, it kind of undercuts the whole idea of the connected universe. But so yeah. does the multiverse. Like, we're going to have to see how they deal with this idea of... Um, keeping these characters sort of contiguous and connected with that while introducing different versions of them, you know? Yeah. And hey, if it's, you know, if it's wide open and they're just going to smash it all together in secret wars, that kind of, uh, kind of undercuts the importance of each film and the events therein. Like there's no stakes anymore. Because it's right. fine, we'll just fix it with multiverse. Unless, like, unless, as he says, we don't know it mm. yet. So we all like feel like this is normal, and then we oh, find yeah. out none of that happened. That hadn't happened it, in your universe. Mm. That didn't happen in your universe. You know, that's a retcon, though. Like that. That feels like that would be a retcon. Even if they're planning mm. it, it feels like a retcon. That's not a retcon. If they show it's it to just, us afterward, it's a retcon. I, I disagree. It's a reveal. No, it's an alternate no. timeline. It's like it's fine to do that in comics, but. Like with these movies being so far apart and and so disparate, like it it feels less like a reveal in a story and more like a retcon in a later year. It just depends on how they do it and how they've like laid the groundwork for it and all that kind of stuff. But I agree. I, I don't love the idea. I, I think that it's a uh, a little. I, I think it, it does borderline on the idea of nothing mattering, which I yeah. don't like. But you know. It's a, it's not it, it, like, I, I don't think that the idea of doing stuff like that, like I, I really thought for a while, Shang-Chi might be in an alternate universe. Um, yeah. Just, just because it, 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 we haven't known anything about these characters. It's like now that the universe is open, the multiverse is open. Any of these things could be in alternate universes and we just don't know it yet. So mm-hmm. I, I think something could do something like that. I don't know about, I just don't know if we're heading towards Secret Wars yet. I think we're heading towards some sort of multiversal story, and Secret Wars may be down the road, but I don't think that's where we're going just yet. Well, there's there's been a um, there's been a, a rumor, tweet thing, story, whatever going around the internet that one of the one of the major writers for Secret Wars was um, brought in to talk to Marvel about optioning that arc. Um, sure. Like the original Secret Wars, right? I think uh, I think they will do it one day, but also they start writing these movies like ten years in advance sometimes. So yeah, you know, we'll we'll all forget about that that particular tweet by the time Eternals comes around, or you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any others, uh, Haley? That's it. That's it. All right, guys. Well. Uh, we had a different plan this week. You know, we've been doing... Um, Midnight Marvels? Wee Hours What If? Yes, we've been doing the late night recordings on uh, on What If, and we have decided because uh, we can't make it, apparently. Um, <laughs> me and Jeff both missed a week, and to be honest, a lot of you can't make it either. And like, I think there's just a little bit of a difference in excitement level for What If than there is for some of the other shows. Just for whatever reason, uh, live action versus animation or whatever, or the fact that it's at the multiverse and not like connected in the same way, uh, there's been a little difference, excitement level. So a lot of people are waiting until the next day to watch it and not staying up till 2 a.m. So we're going to do the same thing. We're going to, uh, instead of doing the 2 a.m. watch, we are going to do a 5.45 p.m. watch of uh what if starting this week so join us at senior uh, the senior link is in the description of the episode it's senior.com slash stranded panda you can go there it's s-c-e-n-e-r um and you can do a live watch with us chat along with us as we watch it uh and then we will immediately go over to twitch and do the live podcast before trivia on wednesday nights so wednesday's 5 45 and if you want to know any of these live events that we do if you want to keep up just go to 
strandedpanda.com and click on the join the stranded panda army. We send out a weekly email with all of our live events that are coming up and all the things that are going on. Um, so you guys can join in and be a part of the conversation as we do these things. Just like Haley was just collecting all the, uh, feedback. Haley, thank you so much for being here and being our producer this week. Anytime you rock, uh, hit them with, hit them with some, your, your plugs, tell them where they can find you. Anything you want to plug Haley? That was so aggressive. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I will plug again the Animation Deliberation podcast since they're also covering What If. Yeah. Um, Jay Scotty, St. Clair, and Zuhair Ali were gracious enough to have me on, and we got way into the details and we broke it way down. So check out their podcast. They also had me on for the back half of The Bad Batch. So if you are into that Star Wars animated show, get ready to listen to that when it drops. That's such a good show. Very good. Um, the podcast I do with Brian V. Klein is the Source Pages podcast, a reading collective. We are going to actually record tomorrow to cover some comics for Shang-Chi, and I believe Jeffrey Randall is going to guest on that uh, podcast with us. We've greatly appreciated his contributions, but we are covering novels and comics as source material and primers for upcoming media. So we're heavy in the MCU right now, but... They're going to cover Dune. Um, we covered Rise of Kiyoshi with Zuhair Ali. And we've got stuff like that coming up down the road. So, also, oh, this is like not a plug, but <laughs> Melissa <laughs> Khalil, the beautiful and talented, texted me today and she was like, it's WandaVision calendar day because it's August 13th. August 23rd. And I just had to put that out in the universe because WandaVision's my favorite show. Melissa and I are mutually obsessed with it. That's awesome. August, August 23rd. 23rd. August 23rd. What does it mean? Heart. Yep. Like Mr. It. Hart and his dear wife, Mrs. Hart. His dear lady wife. Yeah, his dear lady wife. <laughs> <laughs> you got a screw loose, son? No, screw, screws all titans. <laughs> Love that show. I had somebody try to tell me that the first episode of that show was not great. And I'm like, you I want your tongue. You're, you're wrong. You're wildly wrong. Those first two are my favorite. Of course, this is like, this is a a person who's, what, 10 years younger than me. Uh, So, like, that style of TV is probably not his favorite. Whatever. He probably didn't even know what it was. (laughs) Yeah. You just don't get it, Trey. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Check out this podcast and everything else Stranded Panda does. That's right. Uh, yeah, Source Pages and Animation Liberation and MCU Cast all in one week. Haley, you're all over the place. I know. So <laughs> popular right now. <laughs> <laughs> Haley's very prolific. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we will talk to you soon. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Love you 300. <laughs> yes. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.